0: Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice. I'm joined by my co-host, Jimmy Williams, and we have my dear friend, very special guest in the house, Carrie Crow Sayer, who is the... The ice cream guru here in town, the ice cream mogul. <laughs> you, I would say you're kind of in, in mogul status. I think so. But she's the the founder of Melt Ice Creams, which is which has really become an institution. I feel like in, in Fort Worth, they now have three locations, with one on the way, which we're going to hear about. Uh, you, they're in Whole Foods. Uh, just really, 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 really change the ice cream game. Change the ice
1: cream, game. The ice cream game in Fort Worth. For sure,
0: and also something that we're going to talk about here in a little bit is is she is a ultra marathon runner, and what's it called again?
1: Ultra runner. Ultra runner. Ultra
0: runner. Like we're talking hundreds of miles, which blows my mind. Um,
2: An ultra marathon is anything over twenty six point two. Just
0: so, just marathons, but bigger.
1: Yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: we're going to get into a little bit of that. Okay. W- where I would like to start is so so we first met. Because you were a photographer before you were doing melt before you were the the ice cream mogul, um, how does that term make you feel? Ice cream mogul. I don't
2: like mogul. <laughs> yeah, no, we're still a really small business. Like
0: yeah. I know it's still small, but like to, it feels big.
2: It it does. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like it the idea of like mogul or empire. Because you know, still
0: I feel know. like a sm- yeah, I mean and yeah. you still I mean, it's still a small, a
2: small group of like just really hardworking people. Yeah. That's
0: right. But before you were whatever it is yes. now, to me it, feel, it feels like a, a, a big it is I think it's a big deal. So I'm just gonna put that on you. We met through photography. You were a, a food photographer mm-hmm. for primarily and well you were doing all sorts of stuff. But i, I met you as you were also the photographer for Fort Worth uh, foodie. Yes. Um, and just what a crazy, I mean, your life looks drastically different today.
2: Wildly different.
0: Wildly different. So could you, could you give us like, what was like, how did Melt come to be? Like, where did that come from?
2: Yeah. So what year was that? 20, we opened Melt in 2014. So I was probably shooting food in twenty and 2014, um, and really like kind of begged to be on the staff of of this new food magazine that was in town. Um, but I had never really shot food before, and so they kind of took a risk on me. And
0: and you begged to be on it because you just liked food. I just Have you ha- always like, kind of? A- I've
2: always had an affinity towards not just food, but like the moments that food creates. So hospitality, um, I never really had the words for it back then to, to put the context to that. But, um, and so I really wanted to try this avenue to food and I had been photographing people for so long and weddings and, um, just felt like food would be a really interesting creative outlet, um, and something that like didn't talk back to you. So um, it would be really interesting to learn how to work with it and, um, and at Fort Worth Foodie, it was all people that were just crazy passionate about food and hospitality. And so I learned a lot. Um, and then I got to pitch, you know, some of my own stories and um, really got to know different chefs and restaurateurs here in Fort Worth and learn kind of like the underbelly, I, I guess, so to speak, of the food scene.
0: Like the, the negative side of it or just like well, just the behind the scenes? Behind the Parts curtain. of it that
2: you wouldn't really like I did a day in the life of... Um, Sarah, Cate- Sarah Castillo's taco truck, and like
0: before Taco Heads was before like
2: before she had a brick and mortar store a- back when it was on off of West Seven. I think it was Pogue Mahones. Is that yeah, what right it behind
1: was? that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and um, I wanted to shoot kind of like what her whole day looked like, and I mean, I got there like super early in the morning, and like a chef hadn't showed up, and she had like I had to like her. St- truck got stuck and like you just got to see kind of like every aspect of it but then you got to see like the the reward of like giving a a food product to a customer and how their experience lit up like Mm -hmm. how their day was changed by that and um the more that I shot food, the more I kind of fell in love with the industry of like not just the end product. I think a lot of people think it's incredibly dreamy to have a cafe or or something, but that they, they don't get to necessarily experience and and I definitely got a not a full experience, but got to see some of that and I fell in love with the hospitality world and
0: So you saw that sort of <laughs> underbelly, if you will, and the like,
1: business side and business the, the side. nuts and bolts of a business behind the food. A
2: little bit. I think I just got like a glimpse. Yeah. A glimpse to, enough of a glimpse not like, to I make me afraid. Okay. Yeah, but that made me want to do this. Um and then, you know, like Mark and I like love my husband Mark and I love to travel and so like every every city we go to we'd always look for number one a pizza place and number two an ice cream shop because i feel like every major city has like their pizza shop like you ask a local you ask a bartender like what's the best pizza in the city and somebody has like a place they're like really loyal and passionate to
0: they get excited People and they get excited and yeah.
2: they want to tell you about those things so i i like that's my favorite thing to do when i go to a city is like where is the pizza where is the ice cream where's the local bar because they are going to know like they're they're going to tell you where to go next Mm -hmm. and i think you can a lot of a city is defined in their culture by some of those things. And mm-hmm. um, you learn a lot about a city by those things, or by, by their
0: food. Because that, that's what makes a, a city special is like those local institutions. Those it's not, experiences. It's not the chains. Yeah. It's, it's, it's those things that what make. Yeah. You, you go to New York.
2: Applebee's yeah. to like understand how the city feels. <laughs> um, that's
0: like my favorite office episode where he goes to New York and he's like,
2: Sbarro. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: that's right. Um, So you you were excited about that idea.
2: Yeah. And so we always talked about how like we didn't feel like there was a place here to have that experience for ice cream. And like Texas is so hot, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, nine months out of the year we're sweating. And so it just it was like, well, if 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 something's not here, let's bring it to the people. Let's make it. And originally, like, we just thought, like, I'll start really small. I'll sell at markets and festivals. And, um, you know, the more I dug into Ice cream. like
0: So you said I want to do ice cream. We
2: need frozen ice cream. We need frozen, delicious treats.
1: Was there something about ice cream that, like, I mean, obviously Texas hot, like, so logically, like, check, check, check. But is there something about ice cream, like you personally, that's that's just pizza, ice cream? Like, could we have had Melt pizza version, like if there was no pizza joint, we like are, melt we could work that. as a pizza company too because you melt the cheese. Right, you melt the so, cheese. Yeah. yeah,
2: we are fanatical
1: about making pizza. Um, okay, so this might we might have melt version.
2: I, pizza. I don't know that there would ever be another restaurant, okay. but <laughs> I pizza is my. I'm my favorite food,
0: but we we have like DFW has. We some good have pizza good pizza. Joints, yeah. But the, the hole in the market was was
2: ice cream. Nobody
0: yeah. was doing that. And, right. and to answer
2: your question, I'm like it's a blank slate. Like to Brahms. me, it's blank canvas. You got roms. You had a uh, What, what do we have? that
1: place off of Ulan, the or Heulen Thirty, the marble slab. Like that's a yes. chain. The chains are all chains. They're all chains. Yeah. 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 So no ice cream, a local joint to define yeah. culture.
2: And I just love that like ice cream is this blank canvas. I mean like it's – I studied art in college and like it is this kind of canvas that you can paint on. Like you take milk and cream. It's these simple ingredients and you you build crazy and wild fun flavors with it, you know. And so it just felt like something really interesting to try and see how it worked. And there's some science behind it too, absolutely. Um, but – It just felt like this is what the community needed. And if I thought this, maybe my neighbors thought this. And I remember I was in Fairmount at somebody's home and I was starting to tell people like, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. And they were like, you can't just do events. You have to open a brick and mortar. Like we want to bring our kids. Had you
0: made any ice cream at this point yet?
2: I had a small um home ice cream maker and I had started making sorbets and ice cream. So you were
0: making you were making it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just an idea. You're like, I'm making a little bit. Yes,
2: but like small batches. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a birthday Not... party size. Yeah. 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 Um I would take it to my neighbors and say, What do you think of this? And yeah.
1: um yeah. Man, that's where it so started. Crazy. So um So what was what was that transition of like, okay I'm making this. I'm trying out my neighbors, like giving it to my neighbors, give it to my friends. They said, yes, you got to do this. You have to go brick and mortar. And but then there's okay I feel like that's where this is what separates the normal individual with the entrepreneur and where there's that moment where the entrepreneur says, I'm doing it. And like, what was, was there like a defining moment or was there a defining season where this dream kind of like idea kind of started to say, okay, screw it. I'm all in.
2: Yes. So that was probably like winter, spring of 2013. And Mark was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, let's be really sure. And I was like, well, why don't I go? why don't I go and visit ice cream shops? And so I made this solo trek across the South. Oh, by I,
0: yourself? Mm-hmm. Nuh-uh. I didn't realize. I remember. I think I've heard this part of your story, but I didn't realize you did it by yourself. Yeah,
2: he rented me a car because he didn't think my car was um, safe enough. <laughs> um, okay. But he had to work. He had a full-time job. Yeah. He didn't just take off to taste ice cream all around the country. <laughs> um, somebody has got to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I drove... Uh, I just, like, had this map of all these different places I was going to go. And I would um, kind of took my journal- photojournalism skills. And if uh, an employee was willing to talk to me or an owner was willing to talk to me, I would ask to talk to the owners. Um, and I would just ask them, you know, really basic questions like, what do you like about working in ice cream? What do you not like? What do you love? What do you think is hard? Um, and surprisingly, like, people were very willing to talk. Um, and and the ice cream industry is kind of secretive. Um, but like when you go or face to face, like
0: secretive, like people don't want to give recipes or something?
2: Yeah, I guess. Like they don't want you to know how how the butter's churned
0: for yeah. you
2: know, lack yeah. of a better yeah. let's say it.
0: Yeah, that makes um, sense. But pe- did people open up?
2: Yeah, I mean I wasn't asking like technical questions. I was really asking Show like, me your business model. Yeah. It was just like what you know, I, for me, it was like, can I see myself doing this long term, you know? Um, and so I wanted to know, like, what do you not like about working in an ice cream shop? What? Do you, what? Do, what's the best part about it? Mm-hmm. And that's how I came up with the name Melt. Um, do you
0: remember where you were when you came up with the name? I
2: remember exactly where I was. I was in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: Great city. It's very similar to Fort Worth kind of vibes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They've got a few more little mountains than us. I'd love to have those trails (laughs) here. I was at this little ice cream shop and the guy that was managing the place, he had come from the ad world. And I remember asking him that same question. What do Mm -hmm. you enjoy about working here? Um, What's your favorite part? And he said... You know, when somebody walks into these doors, he was like, you can read their body language. He said they have the weight of a mortgage on their shoulders or maybe a family member in the hospital or they just made a really horrible grade on a really important like college exam. And he was like, when you scoop them that ice cream and you hand it over the counter, you watch that weight just melt off of them, Mm. even if it's just for a moment. And with Melt, we really wanted to have this aspect of, like, we're not just a local food business, but, like, we want to be intentional about how we give back to our community and how we serve um, our community and people around us. And when I heard that, I was like, I love that. Like, if we can melt people's problems away, even if it's just for, like, five minutes, mm-hmm. then then we can make an impact on our city. And so um, it was like. I I came home and I was like I can I want to do this and I have a name <laughs> so
0: did you call Mark then were you like I got the name
2: yeah yeah that's that,
0: awesome that's so for people that don't know you I I can speak of this just because we've known each other for a while and and I've seen you do what you do but you. You don't do anything half-assed. <laughs> like, you're one of the most like just driven people I know. Like if you go for something, it's kind of like with, with running, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. If you go, I'm going to run a freaking hundred miles. And if, so there, there was no, I, I'm assuming it's like if, if Carrie says I'm going to start an ice cream company, I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. And that, that was the, would you say that was the case?
2: Yeah. Well, everything's on the table.
0: Yeah, and and but you and you also were an entrepreneur before this because you had your own photography business.
2: Yeah, so you and have a different. A, le- I mean, it's just such a different level, yeah. though.
1: Yeah, because it's like now you have to like you're you're working on funding, you're working on finding a building, you're working on hiring employees, and then, geez, if you've own a small business and you have just trying to figure out how to hire people in general you just you never done it before it's like oh my gosh all of these little factors that i you have, have no an idea- mba
2: in mistakes
0: like, yeah that's, that's <laughs> right just, like, that's right the
2: co- and the cost is probably equivalent you know
0: oh easy but that's how easy. you learn so
2: yeah, yeah learn so much
0: stories with soul is brought to you by sixth Ave storytelling and organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story we help small businesses grow by crafting and sharing their stories because when small business thrives, cities and communities prosper. You're obsessed with your business. We want to make the world obsessed with it too. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast because I feel like you either learn from mistakes or you learn from being in proximity to people who have gone before you who have done it. And so part of one of the things I'm excited is for people to get to hear stories like yours and get to hear the lessons like like what you have learned and and share those cuz it, it it spares people some of the heartache the heartache yeah the MBA of mistakes so, yeah. So what, what? early on in the journey, right? I
1: mean, so you made that decision. You came back from your road trip. You said, yes, let's do it hundred percent. You're going to now look at funding. You're kind of like, uh, you're going to take on a bunch of debt. You're going to get a bunch of people working for you. Like earlier on, I mean, tell us some, some of those like mistakes, like wins where there's like big movements, like we call them tailwinds and headwinds, right? You're going to face some headwinds. You're going to have some tailwinds. Like you know, things that were kind of propelled you forward, things that are like slammed in your face. Do you remember any of those? If you oh, blocked yeah. those out? Yeah. Like share some of that. A little
2: um bit. well, first of all, I was like, I have to learn how to make ice cream commercially. <laughs> <laughs> like That's a big I mean thing. it's a difference than like making yeah. it in your um, home kitchen. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out to people in France and Canada and the United States and like like, I was like, I just want, like, an internship. Like, let me come and work for free for, you know, a month, two months. Like, you got, whatever you, you need. You got an
0: internship? That's
2: what I wanted. So okay. I was, like, reaching out to all these people, asking if I could just learn from them. Um, I don't know why I didn't just go to culinary school. But, um, and n- like, nobody would let me learn from them because they
0: wouldn't let you enter.
1: They didn't want to like let you steal their stuff. Right.
2: Yeah. Like like I'm saying it was like super super. You were an
0: intern reject.
2: I I was totally an intern (laughs) reject.
0: Um,
2: but I found this ice cream forum. I don't think it even exists now. And on there was this couple and like she, the girl was from Texas And so I, like, looked them up on Instagram, I think, and, like, found their email address, and I was like, please, please, can I come learn from you? I'm also in Texas. I promise I won't – they were in Ohio. I promise I won't compete with you. Like, I just want to learn. Uh-huh. And um, they didn't have a brick and mortar store at the time, um, but he was making ice cream and selling it at farmer's markets in large quantities. And um, they said, well, let's like hop on a Zoom or a phone call. Like they wanted to make sure that I was like a normal human being. <laughs> um and so I talked to them for a while. They asked me what I was planning to do, and um, they let me come up. And oh, so you so, went to
0: Ohio? Cool.
2: So I went to Cleveland, Ohio, and I stayed in a hostel. Um, <laughs> and there's
1: hostels in Cleveland. There's Ohio. hostels
2: in Cleveland. Okay. Ohio. It was next so, to a. It was next uh, to a popcorn factory. Uh, okay. Well, well, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I yeah. guess.
1: So, okay. Yeah. And then
2: I learned. I like, kind of shadowed. Um, Jesse, his name is Jess, Jesse Mason. Um it's called Mason's Creamery.
0: Is it still around?
2: Oh yeah. It's so amazing. Wow. They're so talented. What um, a
0: cool kind of legacy that they got to help birth this yeah. thing as well.
2: They do just really incredible incredible stuff. They now have a brick and mortar store and like they do all kinds of really great things for their community. Um
0: So check the box I Now I know how to make ice cream. Now I know
2: how to make ice cream. Come <laughs> back. Need to write a business plan. Was working on a business plan. Um, like I said, I studied art in college, but like loved business, but I didn't know. Um, besides reading a few books, really didn't know much about um, how to develop business. So, Mark, who graduated with an economics degree, was like, "Here's my college textbooks." And so I had he like gave his some of
0: college textbooks.
2: economic textbooks from college, and uh, was <laughs> Did trying you read it. I mean, yeah, uh, I made like a 60 page business plan.
0: No Gosh, way. That's ne- what I mean by like, you go hard. Babe. We've You're never made a business. We've never no, made No, I one. don't know how to make a business plan. No, well, we still, just so you yeah.
2: know, it like wasn't worth anything. <laughs> okay. Every <laughs> bank turned me down. <laughs>
0: <So> oh, every bank <laughs> turned you down. Yeah, every bank turned yes, me down. I know. That's the man. And they would all probably say yes to you right now. Oh, Oh yeah. It's yeah. yeah, like, I don't need money as much as I, I like really, 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 really need it. And they were all like, no. Yeah. Everybody turns down. And yeah. now they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you loans." It's it's crazy.
1: It's yeah.
2: wild.
1: You pull, you do all this work, and they're like, "You don't so have you made much a business money? plan with
0: the, with the hope of of getting a loan or getting SBA yeah. loan or something like that."
2: Take my business plan. Take a scoop of ice cream, like, <laughs> and they would be like, "Ah, this is like." great if you have somebody to co-sign for the full amount yes. we'll give you a loan and yes. I'm like if I had somebody to co-sign for the full amount I wouldn't be here
1: yeah. Yeah. dude yes that, thank you That's that right there is like a hard lesson that everybody has to learn it's like if if you do not already have money, getting money for a loan to start a business is very difficult
0: it's at very first. Hard. Very hard. And it's like And that's what that's what weeds most people out.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it's like oh yeah, we'll give you money as long as some rich person is going to sign if with a, you. Yeah, if you're yeah. Yeah. if you're a doctor <laughs> Yeah <laughs> we'll give you yeah. yeah. Sorry, keep going. So how how did that play out? Like how'd you get the money? Like friends, family? No. Like um, raising it. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know if I've ever said this um, publicly, but like we, I only had a loan, like I got an SBA loan for, I think $20,000 and that was a stretch. That was like, yes, you know, mm-hmm. like we had, and then I just sold, I sold all of my camera equipment. Wow. I sold.
0: You know, that's, that's like kind of burning the ships. Have you, have you heard that expression where like. You bur- there's no going back because no we burned back. the ships yeah you just burn your other source of income. yeah
2: I had one camera left but I had sold majority of my stuff Wow. Um, and then bartered and then really really um did things cheaply and y'all
0: found us um, y'all found a building
2: we found a building it was an old coffee shop um and we were like we'll just you know put some lipstick on it and hope for the best but I mean like the ice cream machine is a really large purchase a really expensive purchase um and um yeah we just kind of went for it
1: man that is like that is like the coolest story ever like that is like just pinnacle entrepreneur like taking, taking
0: a leap, Where taking it was a many, leap did buffet. you have any naysayers in your in your circle of people are like I don't think that's a good idea what are you doing why are you doing that don't do that
2: um, I, my parents weren't naysayers by any means, but they were like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they're not entrepreneurs, and so they were like, "Oh, like maybe like this is just one of Carrie's ideas." Like, I don't. Mm. I don't like, had you
0: always had lots of ideas?
2: I was always very like passionate. about when I like found something, I was like very passionate about yeah. it, um, and would dig in and like try to learn as much as I could about it. But, I mean. Might have an uncle that's an entrepreneur, but really just didn't have like a lot of, wasn't surrounded by that kind of thought process a lot. Um, And so it was kind of, it was new for, for us, um, a a bank that I applied to the president was like, I don't think this idea is going to work here. Um. She's still a bank president here in Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We should go, like,
0: wrap her house.
2: Right? <laughs> uh, she since apologized, but, like,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, like,
2: it
1: works. It does <laughs> work know? very well. Yeah, that's so awesome.
2: Yeah, but we it was a shoestring budget. I mean.
1: Oh, yeah, that's crazy.
2: I mean, and it really was, like, the Fort Worth community. I mean, um, but somebody had a spray painter. Is that what it's called? A paint gun. A yeah, paint, paint gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. And we spray. We took two weekends and a gazillion trips to Home Depot and we sprayed the yellow wall. And
0: Which I, I would argue. So one, one of my questions I'm going to ask later, right? I, can, I can ask now, is like, just what, what do you think some of the, what was one of like the best decisions you've ever made? I would be willing to bet that painting that wall, whatever your magic yellow color is, was one of your best decisions you've ever made. Because like when I think, yeah.
2: Because why? Well,
0: because because I, I feel like one of the, in my opinion, is a- outsider. One of the the secrets to y'all's success, is it's just a, it's a great brand that people love and it's very identifiable. It's like Nike has their check mark, you know. Coca Cola has that red color. When I think of you, can't think of melt and not think of this yellow, this yellow like it's it's just iconic. It's different. It like It's... it. it, it the secret to a great brand is when you see it, you instantly know what it is. And there was something about that yellow, like,
2: well, you know what the art, art theory is, um, that yellow is the color of happiness. It represents.
0: So it was thought out. It was like, this. yeah, is it. it
2: was intentional. Like you want people, like what do you want people to think of when you think of your brand you mm-hmm. know like i want people to think of happiness i want like i mean how many times can you picture yourself as a kid or as an adult like eating an ice cream cone and being sad like maybe you're trying to change yeah. your
0: mood but, <laughs> like binge eating at yeah people. but
2: generally it's yeah. this <sighs> you have a memory or a mm-hmm. moment that is joyful yeah. or happy from that experience
1: yeah i would i would say like Whenever I think of Mel, obviously the yellow, yellow and black are just yellow specifically, right? You know that. You can feel it. It's like, uh, maybe it is. Maybe I am seeing yellow and being happy. Maybe it's working on me. But I it's also like think secret
0: brainwash. It's like happy.
1: I, I think at the time, and in Fort Worth, you were having authentic, homegrown, organic restaurants and things kind of stepping up at the time Melt was coming. And, but, like, nothing in ice cream, nothing in the dessert world at all.
0: There was like, move, movement back to craft.
1: Yeah, there's was movement mm-hmm. back to craft, yeah. authenticity, uh, this, this feeling of, like, homegrown and, like, roots, like, from Fort Worth or, like, this is our place. And, obviously, you thought through this. This is, like— You know, your whole story is, like, kind of coming together in this piece. But, like, so whenever I saw Melt and it was coming, and by the way, the organic storytelling and social media marketing before Melt got started was just, like, in my my mind, like, textbook on how to start a
0: company. Yeah, people were excited, like. I don't know what you did, but people were very excited from, like, well, day Well,
2: I mean, I think it was also a little simpler. Instagram was newer. Yeah. Like, a lot newer. And so, it was just this easy storytelling platform. There was no algorithms. It was mm-hmm. just, like, we're in the middle of building this space. Let me show you pictures of it. You know? And it was us, like. Painting the walls and, and scrubbing think, the thing. I still
0: remember seeing pictures of that. Of like y'all like, we got the space, we're painting it, we're coloring yeah. it, we're right up here working on it. Like I still yep. kind of remember that. But here's what I'm here's what I was getting at is whenever I saw
1: that, it was like, this is my store. I, this is Fort Worth. These are my people. Obviously, we live a block away. But like, I'm like, this is this is it. Like, uh, this is going to be my place that I go to for my ice cream that's from my city, that's from my people. And it was like, I can feel myself in there. I could see myself like in your shoes as a small business owner. And I'm like, I'm supporting them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like That I don't know. I I don't know if most customers have said that to you, but I'm like, dude, this is mine. And finally, someone else from outside of Fort Worth is not. It's like, this is ours. And so whenever I think of melt, I think of obviously the color. And I think of like, this is like our like ice cream place, you know, Fort Worth, you know?
2: Yeah. And I wanted it to be, yeah. I wanted it to be that and, way,
1: which is like your dream coming to life. I I haven't heard this dream. Like you didn't tell me this dream beforehand, but I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. This is our footworth Worth ice cream
2: But you floor. also never know, like, like you never know if anything will actually, like, w- I will say one thing that was good with that business plan is like, you do these counts of like, okay, how many cars go by a day? How many, how, what's the that minimum number? Detailed. What's, yeah. Well, it didn't get me anywhere with the banks. <laughs> Um What's the minimum number of people I need to pay rent? Like mm-hmm. if if I have to work from open to close, how many customers a day do I absolutely have to have to pay rent? Um, and then how many do I have to have to like maybe pay myself? And mm-hmm. how many do I have to have to pay an employee? Like, But you never know if like you're ever going to get past that part of
1: the rent. Paying you know. myself. Yeah. 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 Like to go yeah. from
2: that to um yeah. and so I think it is like you just you you can't foresee like the future of what you want something to be. And maybe you could if you grew up in an entrepreneurial environment. I have no idea. But for me, it wasn't like, Oh, I want to own all these ice cream shops. It was like, no, I want to own one store that I, I work in. And I want to like my community have a place to eat ice cream. <laughs>
0: And do you feel like it worked? Like I mean, obviously it did. But in that moment, we're open and people are coming. Like, was it was it fun? Were you excited? It was terrifying. terrifying?
2: I mean, it was ab- it was absolutely terrifying yeah. um, because I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't, like, go work in an ice cream shop for a few months, but, like...
0: You tried to intern. You just got... Intern well, you got rejected. Um got rejected.
2: <laughs> um, but I couldn't. I could have work at a Marble's Lab. I mean... Yeah. Um, That's true. We didn't know what temperature to set our ice cream dipping cabinets at. So, like, oh, the yeah. first day that we scooped our wrists were swollen oh, cuz it, it was too cold <laughs> you know it's like there's, you just uh, learn. there's no
0: playbook for there's that
2: there's no playbook you just you make mistake after mistake and you just learn i you, didn't know that you didn't buy i mean now i know but you don't buy any you know buy any equipment that has a compressor on it used like you just don't like it's like and i had bought all this because
0: they compressors go
2: out auction. Yeah, because it, it just goes out. Like, everybody in the restaurant industry yep. will tell you, you never buy a used freezer. I was like, oh, I bought all used freezers. Like, <laughs> nobody told me that. Like, and did well, they go out at different times? Of course they did. Within, like, four weeks, I had to replace all
0: the freezers. Oh, my God. Oh, in your God. first four weeks, yes. you, your freezers went yes. out? Yes. So yeah.
1: did you – because whenever you opened, there was, like, a rage. You know, like, everybody was going there. There was lines. Did you get to enjoy that success at all? Or were you too busy, like – I got it. Like
0: my freezer just went out.
1: My freezer just went out. My hands are. I have to get chiropractor work or something. You I know? think
2: I enjoyed. I absolutely enjoyed it because it was like, you know, there's so much leading up to those days. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. are, like there's just so much that is leading up to it that you are like is anybody going to show up, you know, mm-hmm. and so when people show up, you, like it validates like all of the sweat and tears, the hard yes. work that you've put in, like to see people there and like and to see their faces light up when they eat ice cream and then to say that the ice cream actually is good and they enjoy it and they love it and that they are going to bring their families back. Like it is like it's absolutely this moment of enjoyment also yeah. like sheer like how like. Figuring things out. Like, it's frantic. Um,
1: yeah.
2: But I mean, I had such great support from the community. Kristen Camerino was at Bike Share at the time, and like, they surprised us with bike racks. And the near south side had um, budget to put in some plants uh, on the outside. And, and it was
0: the first building was on Rosedale. Rosedale. are yeah, like yeah. next to a, an auto mechanic. He's
2: still shop. my auto mechanic. He Abdul, he's the, yeah. the greatest he auto mechanic.
0: Yeah. Um, but it really wasn't the best location. I mean, it was, it was not like
2: the best location. High
0: visibility, but it was like, we had is...
2: five parking spots yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah but tina from leaves her she set up a game station for me for little kids on the day that we opened
0: See, um, that's just incredible I'm yeah, like
2: incredible people came place. together and like they were excited about it yeah. um, how did
0: you how did you buy new freezers i'm assuming like you just spend all this money to get the, get the doors open and then your freezers going out yeah did you have to have some reserves i mean
2: to, like... it was four weeks in so it was like Money was, like, coming in, yeah. and so it was like, well, we need a freezer. We didn't have a POS system when we opened. Um, I had a— How were
0: you taking money?
2: I had a square like reader on my phone and a cash box and a calculator.
0: Are That's you serious? I mean,
2: like, it's so <laughs> Unbelievable. dumb. Unbelievable. It's so dumb. Um, you just had
0: a cash box and a calculator.
2: And a square reader,
0: I think
1: I remember that. I went the first like day or week, or I remember that. I
2: can't believe people came back.
1: Oh yeah, we yeah. Wow, dude, I'm telling you, it's our. It's like this is our ice cream store.
2: I took all the um, towels home and washed them, and would bring them back. (laughs) I would I would wake up in the morning and I would drive all to all the different restaurants and places that I needed to get the food to make my ice cream. Um, and then I would make my ice cream before we opened and then I would work the front counter.
1: Man, see that. I feel like that a lot of times on, you know, other podcasts or other stories, like you don't hear that part that you're like literally, okay, what's my day-to-day job of my first four weeks? Well, my freezers went out. I have to go into my savings account, which I don't really have much of or borrow money from friends. I'm taking my towels. I'm washing them at my house. I'm driving to the grocery store. It's like, it's like, and then, you know. There's no coincidence now you have multiple locations and all this kind of stuff, but people see that and they're like, oh, well, yeah, she just started it. It was really successful, but they don't hear the grind like that is a grind.
2: There was I mean, like such a grind if you guys ever gotten an eye twitch where your eye just like won't stop twitching Uh and it's from stress i didn't know that existed my eye was like butterflying (laughs) for like weeks and i was like why is my eye (laughs) going like this
1: dude gosh man that is just yeah and
2: mark like he was working a full-time job that was very um it was very um it demanded a lot of him. And mm-hmm. so he wasn't working 40 hours a week. He was working 50, 60 hours a week. And so, but he would still come after work and like, help me close up the shop or work the register on the weekends. He would work the register so we could get through more people in the line. Um,
0: wow. So how, how did it start to grow? Like yeah. y'all, you eventually moved that location from Rosedale to Magnolia and yeah. that, that you saw a big jump when you did that. Cause it's just a much better location.
2: Yes. Um, so we opened in April of 2014. I hired two people. We immediately, within, I don't know, six weeks, hired seven more people.
0: Whoa, that's crazy. So um, now, now you're like, not only have a, rest or a restaurant or a space, but now I have employees.
2: And I had never managed anyone mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and so I was like learning as I went and learning from other people. And I am a not afraid to ask questions kind of person so like anybody that i thought was doing something really well i would be like can i take you to copy can i call you can i ask you questions Mm -hmm. um and i had a customer who he was like hey a friend of mine used to own some ice cream shops in nashville he was like you know i don't know if he just saw like my eye twitch, eye twitch or like, <laughs>
1: like her eyes freaking me out. <laughs> she, got the, he's got the, she's got the twitch. I need to get her help. Something. Yeah.
2: She was like, he was like, maybe you could reach out to him. And and I was like, please give me his number. And so this was like mid to late summer. And I hired him to consult
0: as a consultant.
2: And, um, his name was Brian. He was the kindest guy and he had owned a f- some franchise ice cream shops. And so he flew in and like, he would sit down with me and like go over my operations and then every month I would ask him questions And so he really helped me um, Kind of figure out how to like streamline my store mm-hmm. um, Because if you've never worked, I mean like I had been a waitress, but like I hadn't worked in operations of a restaurant and um, Which is not the easiest way to learn it by doing it. <laughs> um But we started to grow um, we you know, we Our goal was to be the best five minutes of somebody's day. Our goal was Mm -hmm. to like melt away their problems, Um, but we were really limited on our space. And so we could only make so much ice cream. Our uh, freezers were in the customer space. There was no true um, giant backup house. We had 98 square feet in our kitchen. So really only one person could be in the kitchen, it's tiny. Um, And so our problem was that people would show up at eight o'clock on a Saturday night and I would run out of ice cream. Like I would sell the last scoop of ice cream. And like, imagine if you came with your son and you came from Burleson or yeah. wherever, and like you were like oh I wanted to get ice cream this new ice cream shop, and like we're like mopping up the floors, and we're like we don't have Sorry. any ice cream. Yeah. Then like we truly felt like we couldn't live out our mission to be the best five minutes of somebody's day to yeah. melt away their problems if we didn't have like it wasn't a happy experience. Like yeah. I feel like barbecue like you can run out of barbecue and people are still like yeah I'm gonna go back next week and wait in line, but I was like no I was trying to be this like happy thing, and it's like if you're if you're a kid and like, I don't want to go to that ice cream shop, they never have ice cream. Um, and so, um, Will and Corey um Churchill had approached us about a building that they had From
0: from Kent Frank Kent. From from Frank yeah. Kent,
2: about a building they had purchased on Magnolia, and um Mark was like we got to do it. We got to move. And I was like, nobody moves their flagship location. Like, no, like, but we had all these trouble, all this trouble with our building. Like everything was breaking. We couldn't make enough ice cream. And so it was like, well, maybe we should take the, maybe we should take that leap. But it was like, it was so expensive. Like, you know, like, how can we do this? Um, so naturally, Mark quit his job and yeah. became the general contractor of this construction project, uh, really tested our marriage. Wow. Um, so
0: he he quit as y'all were doing that.
2: Yeah. So he had a very stable corporate job in finance.
0: And, and Mark, for people that don't know, he's just wicked smart. I mean, he's very
2: smart, analytical, analytical, great with numbers and performance. Um, mm. not a contractor. Um <laughs>
0: At all, so he quit. He but things are going. I mean, things are going well enough. They are like, man, we got to kind of double down on this.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say they were like they were going well. They were going really you well. We saw the
0: momentum. We of saw it. the
2: momentum, and we didn't want to lose the momentum. Mm-hmm. But it was still terrifying for him to quit his job. Like, yeah. it was like
0: he just burned your other ships.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the I think photography it's that, ships. That point, my family was like, wait. He he had the real job though, like <laughs> yeah yeah he,
0: he had the real job. <laughs>
2: like wait, how are you gonna get health insurance? Like we were like, well we'll figure it out. Wow, like yeah. we're gonna build a new ice cream shop.
0: But I, I I
1: feel like that's important to note because the the hardest leap I feel like is always the start. Like you go from that dream to like actually doing it. But then there's always there's always round two, three, four. I I don't know. They still are keeping coming for us and probably for you, but there's still more leaps to make Mm -hmm. and there's still like these big jumps. Like, You can't
0: can't go to that next level if you don't go in. And it's typically
1: with scaling or growing of some sorts. It's like, you know, you got your revenue, you feel comfortable. It's like you have a nice profit margin, maybe, or it's at least comfortable. But if you want to take that leap, You got to dip a little bit. You got to maybe go into the red. You got to take another risk.
2: And you also like, there's always a trade-off. So it's like, I could stay here. He could keep his job, but we might be trading like our customers and what we want the community experience, Mm -hmm. or we might be trading what this new store could do for us and our brand. It was the street we wanted to be on. Magnolia Mm -hmm. was the street we wanted to be on, but we were scared to spend that much money. We were scared to build out a space for something that we had no idea if it would work. Um, but we still didn't really have money. Like we didn't have, we were still figuring it. I mean, like everything in that first stop was like, it was like a, a church pew that I got off of Craigslist, but I borrowed yeah. with some barter bartered with somebody in the neighborhood. I took his family pictures in order for him to go pick it up on his trailer. <laughs> and That's then I so awesome. bought fabric and I reupholstered it myself with neighbors, you yeah. know, it's like, so everything was kind of scrapped together. It was like, okay, if we're doing this, we're building this new store, like it's a big risk. Like we're mm-hmm. in like even bigger risk if you're gonna quit your full-time job that like, pays for our mortgage and allows us to live and yeah so it was like we're all in again
0: yeah that's right and it, it sounds like part of that was mission driven we're not able to fulfill our mission of, of melting away sorrows and bringing happiness yeah and then part of it too was was there's a demand and mm-hmm. then also just seeing like you had to you had to also on some level say like man i i think this could be a lot bigger like i think what we're doing is working could we Expand upon that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I th- I thought. Well, I mean, like it was it was obviously resonating with our like customers. Like people were coming and they were trying it, and like the biggest complaint story was getting or like I don't know where to park. our stop sign, I stopped counting after it got um, knocked over 12 times because the parking lot was so small. (laughs) Jimmy, a police officer like, knocked it over and he came in and was like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, and his family gave me a really hard time. Like, it was really funny, but um, it was like, we just... And and people were walking over from Magnolia. It was a really busy kinda street, yeah. and so it was kind of dangerous. And so um, we knew it was where we wanted to be, and we wanted that. We wanted to continue with that momentum. But also, like anything you do, it's like, will this work again? Like, w- was that just a one time like luck thing? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it worked. You know, I mean, and you crushed it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it. But anytime there's growth, like that brings more problems more like problems. you just it's yeah and so <clears throat> we opened mark had done all of his pro formas and and this is what he does for literally every project that we do anytime we're going to spend any um substantial amount of money he like makes a low a medium and a high case and a worst case scenario so like what's like the best case scenario the worst case scenario and like what's a conservative number mm-hmm and so we thought we would have an increase in business of 20 percent, um, just naturally the easier to get to, easier to stop into. Um, it's on a natural walking path of other restaurants and, and, and whatnot. And um Within the first six weeks. So with that in mind, we built a kitchen, we built bigger freezers, had more than ninety-eight square feet in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought this was, was this giant for us, we thought it was this giant space. Like we had nine hundred square feet and a big patio. It was yeah. like we are like so excited. And within six weeks, we had increased our our traffic by seventy percent. Wow! And so it was like,
1: and your same problems. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was like, well, we're we're running out of, out of space of, again. We're running out of space, and so um, we then had to look for what do you do next? Like, you either build a kitchen or we build. Like, we had to figure some kind of. Um, solution so that we weren't continuing to run out of ice cream.
0: This episode of Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling. At 6th Ave Storytelling, we know that stories aren't just for bedtime. They're powerful marketing tools, and we've seen what they can do. want to see for yourself? Download our free PDF, The Storytelling Pathway, on our website, 6 dot. It's everything your business needs to be successful. This is what I've used to grow my businesses and hundreds of others. It's a strategy that has led to number one albums, built large followings, and has helped generate millions of dollars in revenue thousands of leads and tons and tons of traffic i've seen client after client reach their goals which is why i'm crazy excited to share it with you today i'm offering this for free because it's my personal mission to support small business owners and entrepreneurs no matter where they are at on their journey because small businesses are the heartbeat of a city and they really are what make it special. Sixth Avenue Storytelling has helped brands across the country grow their business using these exact steps. Head to com and download the storytelling pathway to get your step-by-step guide today.
1: Mm-hmm. And that that that, that uh, that's when you remove kind of stuff off-site, like the ice cream portion of that, like a like offsite or was it starting store number two, which came?
2: So, uh, building the joy factory came. So we started looking for kitchen space to rent warehouses that we could build out and like nothing really, we couldn't find anything that was already built to fit our needs. So we had to build something. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we built a space within, um, the old obi macaroni facility um, which had was the longest one of the longest oldest businesses in fort worth food businesses for sure it had a hundred years of like a family legacy macaroni factory and so we were like that's got to be good luck to have a food business last 100 years
0: that's cool
2: really you probably shouldn't build a kitchen in like a building from the 1800s but like (laughs) you learn those things
0: Yeah. yeah
2: So we and that's what you
0: call the Joy Factory. And
2: that's what we call the Joy Factory. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we have about 3,000 square feet there. Um,
0: yeah, that's a big thing to bite off.
2: It was a very big thing to bite off. Um, and so to pay for it, Mark took a consulting job. And we need
0: Mark to consult for us and make us those. <laughs> yes, <performas. laughs> He's yes. very good he at that? that. What is He's... a pro forma again? For <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so he, like, was supposed to be gone for like three or four weeks and it ended up being like three months. So he would leave on a Monday and fly back on a Thursday. But like it it was either that or get investors. And like mm-hmm. we firmly believed that we didn't want investors that so we you, wanted. So you to still keep.
0: don't have any investors. Man. To this That's day, so we cool. don't have any mm-hmm. investors. That's totally awesome. bootstrapped it.
2: Very much. And there's yeah, pros it. and cons to bootstrapping.
1: Like, yeah. Still bartering right now to this day. <laughs> still
0: bartering. <laughs> yeah. So. Moved all your production offsite, the Joy Factory. you also at some, at some point you you bought a truck, right? A
2: yeah, that came after the second store.
0: The Second store was Sundance or Dallas. Second no.
2: store was Bishop Arts.
0: Bishop Arts,
1: and so so whenever you whenever you did like you started the Joy Factory, or, I mean to move your production offsite, obviously as a need for you got you need more space because of the Magnolia store. But was the vision always to? grab a second store or, or kind of like move into another area, uh, or was it like, well, we have the production now; we could do this. Was it?
2: Well, I mean, you have to think your overhead substantially increases. Like, yeah. if I'm going to rent a space off-site that's three thousand square feet, and like think about the electricity and the oh water and like the logistics, like if my overhead's going to go up that much, I have to have a second. St- I need like, a place to sell to have more
0: ice cream. Additional
2: yeah. revenue in order for that to make sense. Yeah. And Really, we had to think. If we're going to build an off-site kitchen, mm-hmm. we need more than a second store to offset that, that That's right. overhead. Yeah. And so it was like we knew the capacity in which we could um, produce out of that kitchen, mm-hmm. which could either be, you know, eight to ten stores or um, – catering a, a certain number of catering that we do wholesale. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but we knew in order for the cost that we were going to spend on that kitchen to make sense, we had to grow. Yeah. Um, and that was a really hard decision for us. Cause like I, like I didn't know if I wanted to be just a one shop legacy business or, um, could we maintain the specialness of who we are as a brand? If we had multiple locations, cause a lot Mm -hmm. of people lose that, um, buzz, they lose that, um, that special quality to them when they replicate. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was so important to me that like we maintain like this special, Um, craft quality about like it's just this it's hard to even put into words but like it's it's like when you go into a replica of something it's like it loses part of its soul and so like it's so hard to keep that soul as a part of your company as you grow and that was really important and like very fearful of mine that we would lose and so um, that was kind of at the forefront of like how do we continue to create a business that has this heartbeat to it Mm -hmm. Um, but also not lose, you know, who we are in the process
1: of growing. Yeah. And because, and the Bishop Arts location, that one's, uh, the name of that is Melt still. melt. Yeah. I was going to say, but there was a new, (laughs) was there a new branding? Did you brand it differently at the time or something like that? Was there something, what did you do to separate that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we... Like the
1: vibe, the feel, did you do, like, what was the thought behind that?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, really, I feel like a space kind of lends itself to tell its story and like a community lends itself to tell its story. And so, like, we wanted these threads of the store from Fort Worth and who we are as a brand. We wanted you to feel us as a brand, but we also, it's a different store. It needs a different experience, different Mm -hmm. vibe, a different kind of set of qualities to it, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I just felt like the branding, I think you differentiated those two places just with the space itself and then the kind of the branding, the style of it. Obviously I keep the same themes and stuff, but I thought it was like designed really well and kind of kept that like individuality to it.
0: And so you all did Bishop Arts in Dallas mm-hmm. and then Sundance Square, you opened a location, which I, I know that was a, you took over the old marble slab spot, which yeah. that was kind of like an, that was where you used to, it was the chain, yeah. but that was kind of like an iconic. where
2: you ate ice cream downtown
0: i remember as a kid it was
2: marble slab and then it was uh pachuco
1: oh yeah that's right i forgot about
0: that that was was that that was a big deal for you guys right like taking in if you grew up here you're like that's where we grew up going yeah dude
2: yeah i mean it came down here from college and would go there (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) crazy around the
2: square with an ice cream
0: and then you also had a food truck or have a food truck Mm -hmm. what what do you what do you call that
2: the joyride 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 yeah
0: Everything is on brand, on mission. And then you're going in your next venture is you're going in stockyards. Yep. Mule talk, alley. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So when um, this new development company came in and said, like, we kind of want to like freshen the stockyards. Like we want to take, I don't to me, like, stockyards is such a unique place to Fort Worth. Like it's it's rich with history. Um, and a lot of people I don't feel like if know like just how much history is there but this was this place of commerce in the 1800s like it's where the trains would bring cattle and people would do uh, livestock exchanges and all of these barns they were called mule barns they were mm-hmm. just being used for parking and so this company saw a vision to like why can't we turn this into like beautiful like retail why can't we reimagine the space but keep the original structure keep the history of it but like have people experience these barns in a new way and kind of and that's the way they were back i would say maybe it wasn't the 1800s maybe it was the 19 early 1900s there's these like incredible pictures of them um but that like they have these barns and they were all kinds of stores um i can't remember like all of the different stores but um it'd be i'm sure it's like where you would get get your hat and your you know jewelry or whatever i don't know um
0: but they brought that they brought
2: it back it's crazy
0: cool i mean you with the hotel drover and all that hotel
2: drover is beautiful and it
0: blows my mind when i go down there how many people are there it's Bonkers, the yeah, amount of people. Yeah, it's almost
2: the same amount of people. It's the second most visited destination outside of the Alamo. Wow. In Texas, is it really? Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> the stockyards? That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, they they have. I mean, that the the new development down there is just incredible. Like, so if you so have
0: gone down, and when go. when is that store opening?
2: Um, I believe December, maybe okay.
1: constriction, ish, ish. I
0: don't we'll know, see.
2: permits, I don't know.
0: Where's our contractor? Where's Mark? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Mark is no longer the contractor. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> But that's, so that, I mean, that's exciting. And at some point in the, in the past, actually let's, let's, well, before we talk about Whole Foods, cause Whole Foods, I feel like is a whole other part of your job. Was, was there a point where you're like, man, this is are Like, this is it. This is working this is successful. This feels really good. Like, was there a point where you're like, this is actually a real thing. It may have been like way back with Magnolia or it may have been back with Rosedale, but I think it's like,
2: that's really hard to put into words. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I feel like as an entrepreneur, I've changed a lot in the last like, decade yeah. um like you go through this like i don't know you kind of go through the streamy state of like how big could this brand be like how what could i do what could this be for our city like how many people could we employ like how do we become this employer that is like the employer for high school kids like how do we grow that but also what how do you grow people within an organization like how do you grow leaders and like mm-hmm. um And I think at some point you're like, well, this is also like beyond me and my capabilities, but like they're expert people that you can hire and work with. And like, to me, that started becoming much more enjoyable of like having people that were experts in their field, um, being a part of this journey and being Mm -hmm. part of Um, And that kind of changes really has changed my perspective of like how big or small we want to be as a company like I don't want to be a national chain I don't want to it's really helped me narrow in like what we want. So do you know what you want
0: like what five years from now what 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 is the five year melt vision.
2: Yeah, I we want to be a DFW brand. We want to be like the Loyal local ice cream brand for Dallas okay. Fort Worth. We want
0: so still that local component Yeah,
2: I don't want to even go statewide like we, we okay. you know, 7.2 million people here in DFW and like not all of them have had melt ice creams. Yeah um, And I want to be a place that my employees love to work at and a place mm. that. You come as a high school student and you gain valuable leadership skills and you can take melt education classes. I love that,
0: that you've kind of identified a demographic that, is, that you employ.
2: Yeah, absolutely. High
0: school kids. That's kind of cool. Yeah,
2: it's really cool.
0: And yeah. you, you see that as an opportunity to also like train and mentor. And
2: <clears throat> yeah. And what,
0: when you say develop. melt educational classes, what do you mean by that?
2: Um, mm. I mean like what I've found in like working with a lot of high schoolers is like they are – Like, yeah, they have the internet at their fingertips, but they want like special things and they also they're really smart and they want to learn. So like if we have budgeting classes, if we have um, how do you apply for scholarships at college, like things that teach valuable life skills, like then they're more invested in who you are and who you're they're more invested to a brand and a business if they're learning something
1: so you're doing that right now or is that kind of like it's something future we're stuff. working yeah, on. yeah. we're oh, working that's... on a, a
2: whole leadership program like you know you i think there's a lot of um there's i don't know if it's social media but like a lot of people see a certain lifestyle or they think like this happens overnight and it doesn't and yes. um, they think you can like reach like, I guess a certain level of entrepreneurship or, but it really takes like how, how much have you learned in business? Like how many books have you read? How much mentor, how much have you spent on like Mm -hmm. being mentored and learning and going to workshops and business? Like, I mean, I have spent so much money on that stuff like and and I love it and I like soak it up, but like how can I take all of the things that I have learned and put them in bite-sized pieces for other people to learn? And so like, even if somebody is with me for a year, like I want them to be able to take away something incredibly valuable that they reflect on for the rest of their life, or mm. take into another job, or and
0: it makes better employees.
2: And it makes better employees and better community.
0: Better, better employees because they become better leaders, and then two, they also it, it it helps build trust and loyalty with you guys because you're pouring into them. Yeah, that's exciting. That's I super think that's cool.
1: super important too. Knowing that these are the employees are going to leave you, um, but you're still willing to invest like into them, you know, and they might not, obviously, like, I mean, they might be, well,
0: if they're in high school,
1: school. but I mean, (laughs) the chances of them leaving are 90 plus percent. Right. But I mean, you know, to take that time and pour into your people, I mean, geez, can you imagine if just regular employers took the time to do that? You're doing it with people that you know are leaving you. And I mean, just, I mean, just, and regular employers that have people that are going to be working for them for 10 years pouring into them. I mean, gosh, man, that that's incredible.
2: And, you know, we also like we have several salaried members and it's like, sure. how do you what is the path to growth within mm-hmm. an organization? How do you become a like? if you see a job that you want like how do you become a leader well the natural steps are like to learn these skill sets and mm-hmm. it's like what if we just had these skill sets available for people to learn you know then it makes the company better it makes them imbe- them better just like you're saying
0: so. as a as a leader are there are, do you have certain like leadership principles or ways of operating or like things you say and do a lot or like what, what, what are some of cuz how, how many team members do you have roughly
2: We have around 40 right now, it's kind of going into our slow season, but in the summer We'll have around 70.
0: Okay. That's a lot Do you have any like personal like just leadership? Here's how you lead a team of 40 to 70 Principles that would be helpful for sharing.
2: I feel like I'm still very much learning. (laughs) Um, I I think I mean we like to I am Oh gosh, that's a challenging question I am a person who sees like I see problems like in everything like and I want things to be better, mm-hmm. which is like every strength I think has a corresponding weakness. And so that's like a strength in business. But as a leader, that can be a giant weakness if like your boss is like, oh, like can mm-hmm. you get like work on these three things, six things like every time you see them. And so for me, it's actively looking for and working on like finding like the wins and the goods mm-hmm. of like my team and my organization and celebrating those. Um, it's
0: like, you, it's your, your superpower and your Achilles heel.
2: Yeah Cause, yeah. Cause it's
0: like your superpower. Cause you make things that are freaking awesome. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm, I don't settle. I want it to be better. It can be better. I have this vision of, of, of what it could and should be, but you can also be critical. Yes. And that can also be demotivating. For, yeah. for people
2: I don't know if that answered your question other leadership that's,
0: but that's self awareness yeah. like you you personally as a leader you're talking about you're learning how to balance that yes and wield that Yeah.
2: other leadership principles Um, I feel like there are a lot but I mean like for us like really just like figuring out ways to care for people mm-hmm. um, while still like doesn't mean that you can't do your job well and be professional but like learning like that the more that we care for people and then they show other people that they they are cared for like it's just a trickle down effect um but I think just empowering people that like you see something and you want to do something within this organization like it's okay like even if I know like that's not gonna work or I've tried that before Mm -hmm. like I want them to know that they can try things and I want them to know that like
1: Allow people to fail. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, because it's going to make, because if they don't try things and they don't have the room to fail, then they're not going to try the things that are going to work. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you, uh,
1: I, I want to follow up with that really quick. Um, what are what a few things that you will never do as a leader or like you're like, man, these are bad leadership traits. Like I will never do this or be like this because I've either seen it or I've done it and I never want to do that again. Like one of my things is like, I don't want all the employees, I never want them to hear me say, we do that because that's the way it's always been done. Like, that's Mm -hmm. something I hate in business, right? I'm like, that's one of like, I had a boss one time who's like, well, it's just how we've always done it. And I'm like, I'll never say that, you know, um, is there anything that like you see in your leaders below you or you and yourself where you've been like, never going to do that, um, or have done that, never going to be like that characteristics traits qualities
2: um i mean uh, like we have a like we don't raise our voice
1: that's yeah uh, like that's interesting yeah yeah that's um, a cool
0: rule
2: but i feel like it should be standard well i mean not like, like if you're, you're a chef something.
0: though in 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 the restaurant world no that's I mean, like that's like encouraged i yell think yelling cuss at each, other. Yeah. Cuss I at each think other that's very normal like
1: if you're a chef or something like aren't you, aren't you supposed to yell or something I don't know. I think that's like we industry standard. Not at the joy. F- like it's joy. F- <laughs> it's joy- You're creating uh, happiness. You can't creating yell. happiness. No, that's cool. That's on brand. Um, that's yeah. A- I
2: mean, gosh, maybe th- these are questions. When these questions I should have looked up, I don't know. <laughs> like I know I'm going to think of all these like, great <laughs> things.
0: Tell me this. Cause I'm, I'm curious about this is when I go into melt with my girls, cause we, we, we go all the time. They freaking love melt. That's like, they know what it is. They ask for it. Um, and your employees are always crazy, kind, and patient. And like that idea of, of, of the people are coming in to have happiness, experience happiness. And people, people, you know, my kids are like dripping ice cream everywhere. They're messy and they don't follow the line and all that stuff. But they're always very kind. I feel like part of your culture is kind and fun. And, and so there, there obviously is an awareness Of your your mission that you have instilled in them, like can you how how do you do that? Can you talk? Yeah, that's a great
2: question. Maybe that will help answer the the Mm -hmm. principal's question. So we have a set of core values that Mm -hmm. um, are part of what everybody learns when they um, become a member of our team. Um, I teach an orientation to any new team member.
0: You you personally always teach it. I
2: personally teach every new team member. Every new team member. Wow,
0: okay, that's um, awesome.
2: And. In that orientation, I go over what are the most, like, our origin story, what are the most important things to us at Melt, our, our mission, our core values, um, and how we live out those core values and why they matter and how you live out those core values to your team members and how you live out those core values to our customers.
0: So you don't give them just core values. You're like, here's practical applications yeah. of those core and values. and I ask
2: them, like, how, how have you seen this lived out? Because most mm-hmm. of the time, like, when they're at orientation, they've already gone through some of their training.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so it's, it's really like, how do you give somebody the best five minutes of the day? Like, um, we have a, principle.
0: is that one of your core values? Give someone the best five minutes of the day.
2: Um, <coughs> creating quality moments, okay. um, yeah. creating moments and experiences, delivering the best quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of the. The best five minutes of your day is kind of like the undertone of yeah. all of our training. A yeah, Mantra, yeah. sort uh, of. Mantra, yeah, I guess so to speak. Um, and we have a ten-four role. If somebody is within ten feet of you, you make eye contact with them. With their own four feet of you, you speak to them.
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: Um, and so because
0: I mean, that kills me at restaurants, where like go in and they're like just head like down ignoring avoiding
2: you. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Your people uh, do that. They're, like come in like hey. Oh, blah, absolutely. Blah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, a like lot
2: that. of a lot of the things that we have at Melt like are not things that I've come up with. I don't think there's like a lot you can invent under the sun, but like we look for best practices. Like I am not afraid to like LinkedIn stalk somebody and like mm-hmm. yeah. email them. I emailed Danny Myers this summer. I was like, there's nobody like is... Who's
0: Danny Myers? Oh, Should Shake I know Shack. who that is? Oh Shake Shack, okay. Y- you emailed the Shake Shack guy?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did he write and... you back? yeah he did Uh -uh. yeah um but Ari Weisenwig has wrote a number of books he has a business called Zingerman's and I adore this business they do a lot of trainings for not just the restaurant industry any industry Mm -hmm. um but they're like diehard business principles that like our belief systems about as an entrepreneur like you change like as your business grows you go through these like ebbs and flows and like mountaintops and valleys and he um they provide a lot of like really specific training um, that's just really applic- applicable for a restaurant. It's applicable for any business. What but- are some
0: of those books? Or what's the book called? Is it-
2: um, He has a leadership principles
0: Zingerman, Zingerman? Ari Zingerman.
2: Ari Weisenwig, but it's Ari called Zingerman. It's called, and they have their- tra- <laughs>
0: we'll, have to, we'll Google this and put this. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have to put this somewhere. Yeah,
2: Zing Train is their training. Zing wow. Train. I um, mean, okay. we've sent staff members, and oh, we've cool. gone up and- um, So that's
0: been an instrumental sort of resource.
2: Instrumental. Cool. I mean, they are this small, Ann Arbor, not small, it's a $90 million business, but Whoa. it's a it's a small restaurant
0: group. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Okay, I want to dive into, we've talked a lot about, like, growth and success and people. Yeah. We have not talked about when the shit hits the fan and the, the hard nights <laughs> that come with this as well, which I know, like, COVID, COVID, like, the, the industry that was probably affected the most by COVID was the restaurant industry is what, what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about, like, was there a moment where you're like, why am I doing this? this? I'm going to lose it all. Can you talk about some of that?
2: Yeah. Or, and what um, you
0: did? Like what?
2: Yeah. The first thing I did the day after oh, was like the week after spring break. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you're gearing up for your busy season. You're like gearing yeah, up. Yeah. Typically,
2: for... we hire, we are hiring um, as much staff as we can spring break from spring break to really the end of September, October is our our busy season. So, um, that week I created a four stage plan for our company of like, if things get to this level, this is what we'll do. So we kind of had this loose plan mm-hmm. that we thought it would take weeks and weeks to get to. And I rolled that out to our leadership team on a Thursday and we were there by Saturday. Oh, um, gosh. yeah and then internally what mark and i like decided was like i just wrote a letter to our staff and said you know like if you don't rely on this i called i'll I'll, sorry i'll back up i did that and then i called somebody had gone through like the economic crisis in 2009 i was like like top three things you did That your company like helped your company survived and Mm -hmm. he gave me like cut your cost like things that like you feel like are like you just need somebody else to say it Um, like cut your cost get as lean as possible and so I wrote a letter to our staff um, and you know just kind of said like if anybody doesn't need this job doesn't rely on this job for a full-time income like um, then we welcome your resignation, yep. um, hmm.
1: That's or, a thing or if
2: you don't feel comfortable, like if your family doesn't feel comfortable with you working in the service industry, like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, um,
2: your, jo- essentially your job will be waiting for you on the other side of this. And we hope it's really short. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our high schoolers, um, resigned at that time sure. and, that was a, like, stay up all night, cry all night, kind mm-hmm. of like, I can't believe this is where we're at. We had literally just opened two stores. We'd opened Bishop arts in 2019 and Sundance in 2019 and opened our ice cream truck in 2019. So it was like wow. the bulk of our growth. And so really the majority of our company has just been growing. Like we hadn't yeah. recouped any of this cost that we have just like spent and spent and spent and spent. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, 2020 summer was supposed to be like we're not going to grow we're just going to focus on like operations and like making our company stronger and better and like recouping some of that cost into the business that we had just poured out um, so we sent out this letter and a lot of people openly resigned and then um, we just had to kind of move some things around we closed two stores for 10 weeks and um, mark m- made new performance and he was mm-hmm. like this is how we're going to survive we took every subscription that we had we like we took almost every cost out that we could take out except for marketing mm-hmm. um to me i wasn't it was like if if we're going to survive this we're going to survive this with marketing
0: mm-hmm. y'all um, kind of doubled down on marketing you were like yeah a lot of businesses
2: did the opposite cut marketing yes yeah,
0: we like quadrupled marketing we, yeah we spent way more on marketing for so like this is the only thing that matters is
2: yeah like i was like i i do not want us to be forgotten mm-hmm. um you know if we're gonna go out we're gonna go out fighting and swinging yeah. <laughs> and um and so it was just terrifying i mean yeah it was really terrifying <laughs> did that answer your question yeah no it,
0: t- <laughs> yeah. it, it, it yeah. totally does i
1: mean i i will say you know there were some cool moments though of of melt like i mean you you guys were still like carrying out your mission. I mean, I think there was some like philanthropic things going on. Like you were giving ice cream out to frontline, front-line workers. And yeah, but things. we didn't give
2: it out. So we actually what we did was we didn't want anybody to think that we were like profiteering off of it. Sure. And sure. so we discounted the cost of the ice cream. Okay. We need it was twofold. Like I needed work for my staff to do uh-huh. and um, we wanted to give back to the community like in a tangible way when it felt like you
0: needed revenue too like you needed to pay your people you needed needed to sell ice cream yes because you can't pay people if you don't sell ice cream right Yeah. yeah
2: and so but we wanted our customers included in that so we launched happiness for heroes and it was like a discounted price for ice cream and we would you know and ask them to write notes and so we would print I would print all the notes off. I did all of the deliveries cause I was scared. like, we didn't, you know, back then we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I would literally like throw the ice cream at the front door, like knock on <laughs> it and like hand yeah, it cause over. Cause you didn't know
1: if that's how it was going to. Yeah. We didn't know yeah. how it was
2: spreading yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah. And that was really, it was really special. I mean, like hospital, like clinics started calling us and they would be like, we are having the worst day of our life. Like, has anybody done? And we'd be like, we'll be there in 10 minutes. Like yeah. we got you, yeah. you know? That's and, cool. um, it was really special to kind um,
0: of bring some joy in the midst of,
2: yeah, really, it really was. It was, it was really special.
1: Well, um, and then like people, some people like, you know, they were, they were working at full-time jobs. Some people like, didn't get hit hard and they were, still, and they were trying to, okay, what are all the local places where we can contribute? And you, what you did was you offered a platform for them to contribute to not only your business, but also other people as well. And so like, I know tons of stories of ton of like businesses that have done that, including yours, where people would just donate money to just give to them, you know, as well. And so like what you're doing is is creating a platform to like give doubly almost, you know, and, and so it's just a cool concept. Um, which I thought that was really unique, you know, for, for your business. So I don't know. And y'all, y'all
0: pivoted some other ways too.
2: Yeah. And that was neat because the customers would write these letters and yeah, notes like, and we'd print out. And it was like, some of them were like super like touching, like, Hey, this hospital took care of my dad. So mm-hmm. I want to do this in his honor or, awesome. you know.
1: Yeah. But like, it's like, I mean, cause if you didn't lose your job, right. Or if your company was still paying for you somehow, cause there was definitely people that were, D- didn't get hit hard. And so you gave them a platform to not only like give to you as a, co- a business, but also to give as well. And so I think that's like a lot of people just didn't know how to do that either. Like yeah. they, they felt bad. They felt guilty because they still had a job and they were like, I mean, I want to help out too. And so just even having that platform was just a cool way of allowing them to serve in a kind of indirect way. Yeah, so absolutely. It was cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we, yeah, we pivoted in other ways too. um, well, I mean, we were still paying rent at these. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, mm-hmm. why is the hospitality industry still suffering? It's like, we were closed for 10 weeks. Like the margins in the restaurant industry are so freaking thin. Like if mm-hmm. you, like, if you aren't just so specific with how you spend your money and how you run your company, like you can you can be out in a month, like, um, and so having ten weeks of shutdown and like
0: were you on the verge of shutting down at any point like
2: no, we weren't
0: because y'all were really you, smart about your well, you pivoted too. so fast too.
1: We
2: pivoted like, fast, also we took advantage of um, the IDL
0: mm-hmm. yeah. we
2: did not get any of the um, restaurant relief funds, hmm. um, but we did get the PP PP yeah, yeah. And then Fort Worth was really great about um, some grants Mm -hmm. um, that we applied to and were able to get. Um, But then, you know, a lot of those came with, like, I mean, y'all know, like, they came with, like, very specific things on, like, how you use those and how you appropriated those funds. So it wasn't, like, this free-for-all. Like, And you still had, like, bills off the wazoo. Like, there are landlords that, like, weren't willing to negotiate with Mm. us, like— so you just had to keep paying rent or like mm. <laughs> you risk the doors being locked on you. So um, but then we did pivot um, quite a bit in that, you know, like, well, if you think about it, like we do really innovative flavors, at least we try, like really yeah. have. in Exciting, interesting flavors. But if you can't taste the ice cream, like <laughs> yeah, then you're not right. going to try something wild. So like yeah. we had to like really create um, comforting flavors that you would want to eat. Like we kind of had to change like that aspect of our flavors. And we were only for a long time, we were just selling pints. We weren't selling scoops. You no. lost that experience with us. Cause so you we're
0: weren't sure like, if it was safe or not.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't do samples for almost a year. So um, you couldn't
0: do like these weird experimental flavors. Flavors. Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Um, I mean, if like our business went from like this certain business model to this totally try different all these business flavors, model. and now we yeah. can't do
0: that. <laughs> Man, that's
1: and a it, testament to entrepreneurship.
0: Right and then there. at some point, so stores open back up, and then some t- Whole Foods entered in at some point, which is kind of crazy because you're now in Whole Foods.
1: Yes,
2: fourteen so, Whole Foods.
0: Fourteen oh my Whole gosh. Foods. Is that and talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so Whole Foods approached us. um, Which I'm
0: sure opened a whole other sea of problems.
2: Oh, 100%. (laughs)
0: How do you get in all these 14 Whole Foods?
2: 100%. But
0: it's freaking cool.
2: More problems. Um, Whole Foods had approached us earlier in um, business and we were like, well, we're just not ready. Like, So much of melt is this experience Mm -hmm. in our stores Um, and we weren't quite sure if our production could handle like this pint line and like there's just a lot of fear in the unknown right and it's really a different business model when you go from retail to cpg consumer packaged goods on a grocery store shelf you lose control over that product like it is no longer in your hands you are at kind of the whim of a large retailer Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a very different business model and when you like it's not me selling the product so like the margins on that are like very thin so Mm -hmm. it's just a different different business completely Mm -hmm. and so um but when the pandemic hit grocery store sales went up and it was like well how do we diversify to protect our company Mm -hmm. if this were to happen again and so it kind of became this like almost safety net of like OK, if we experience COVID at the level that we experienced it again, if there's another shutdown, do we have enough avenues to sell our product in order to um, protect the company and protect our employees so that we can afford to keep them on staff and pay them? And, you know, we were able to keep every single staff member that relied on us for a full time income throughout COVID, which was wow. just really important to us because it was, you know, like we, I didn't make a salary for a long time. Like we were able to rely on our savings. Um, but I didn't know that if, if all of my employees could do that, um, you know, and one of the other ways I would say that we pivoted when we when it hit was I approached all of our restaurant like friends that were selling family meals. And like, even if they didn't have a freezer, we'd say, we'll, we'll get a freezer and we'll bring it to you. Like we'll go take it from the store that's closed and we'll bring it to you. And they would sell our ice cream at a markup so that they were still making some margin on that too, but it provided them an option. So they didn't have to make desserts because they also had limited staff and they were providing a family meal. So that was an outlet that allowed us to stay in our, our, um, our um customers' minds yeah. um provided like an opportunity for us to sell product.
1: Yeah. Super freaking smart. I love it. Um okay. Got a little bit left time left. Lightning round. Well, I just want to talk about Ultra. Oh, we haven't talked about it. just a little
0: bit. Yeah, like, we gotta talk a little bit about just
1: that. a little bit. when like just give me a you know, quick version of How'd you get into this? Oh my like,
2: gosh, none of my stories are quote <laughs> no. Well,
1: I mean, like, <laughs> did you always enjoy running? Like, you know,
2: no, I got fat from ice cream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> I uh, yeah, you're not supposed to eat your own supply. It's like drug dealing 101, right? Yeah, like <laughs> so. No, um, so, I don't know if no people would get that reference. Oh yeah, sorry. You, Jimmy was in an undercover. Dr- yeah, in drug dealing. You don't use your own supply. Yeah, because so, you were undercover. Yeah, narcotics. Yeah. Person. Well, anyways. <laughs> We'll get into. Ice cream. I do know that I would know that reference. Hey, dude, people know. Okay, okay, okay. people know. You're just, you know, yeah. you're not in the scene. Okay? Don't eat your supply. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you ate too from much from of your <laughs> supply, apparently. Yes. So you started running because you're like I'm gonna not I'm gonna lose the ice cream weight I guess apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually,
2: that's well. I mean, I played sports in college. I played soccer in college. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I I had run one marathon after college because I like needed something to train for right after school. I was like, what do I do? Um. But a, a friend in the neighborhood um, had asked me to train for a marathon. I was like, oh, that's so much time. But I was also like, I'm kind of fluffy. Maybe I'll that'll help me lose the weight. And so I signed up for this marathon. And I wanted to train super early in the morning. And there was only like another neighbor of ours um he trained early in the morning so
0: f- funny funny side note is we all live on the same street yes yeah this <laughs> yeah, is like one two and he lives on the next block yeah, over yeah
2: he's one block over yeah. and so i started running with him and he I was like what are you training for and he was like oh i'm doing this trail race so i like he started telling me about trail racing and i like didn't grow up like in mountains or anything like that my husband taught me to camp he taught me to fall in love with like Backpacking outdoors. outdoors, like he is like he wasn't a Boy Scout, but like he knows how to do like all the things. Um outs like he's like very good at like making fires and food and stuff outside. Um, so in like
0: an apocalypse, you want to be
2: Yeah, you he, definitely he's, guy.
0: he's he's he can make the fires. He can make the
2: fires <laughs> and, and then the write food. a
0: pro forma about the fireworks. <laughs> right.
2: right. Yeah. Was, yeah, he would be able to tell you like how much wood Cuba. each person could burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I was like, well, when is that race? And he told me and I was like, I just went home and signed up for it. I didn't really know anything about it.
0: This and is a like a trail it's run a trail
2: race. run race. So this was maybe, I don't know, October, November. And um, he had taken me to he had taken me and some of the other girls in our neighborhood to go run the trails. And I like loved it. I fell. I was black and blue. I was bloody. But I was like, this is fun like Uh this is totally different than running on the road um and so i told him the next day i was like hey i signed up for that trail race and he was like hey like i don't know if you'd know much about these races he was like but that's an unsupported trail race it's 62 miles in the woods and like you signed
0: up for a 62 mile race (laughs) yeah (laughs) on like a mountain in the woods
2: and i was like I was like, well, tell me about it. What does that mean? He was like, well, there's no volunteers. Like you have to carry all your own food. They have water stations, but like you're kind of on your own. And I was like, okay, well.
1: I can figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I
0: love that.
2: And then I went home and I hired a coach and um, I met with this coach and she started making my digital training plans. And so I would know what to run every day. Um, But while I was working on like. Training for that. I had a few glasses of wine one night and I was like, you know, I'd read this book called Born to Run. Like every ultra runner reads this book. And it talks about this race in Colorado, the Leadville 100. And I was like, oh, like if I'm running, if I'm training for a 62 mile race, like what's 38 miles more? Like, I don't know. Like, why not? So you I had know? never
0: done this and you signed up for a 62 mile race. Yes. And then you signed up for a hundred mile race. Well, I put my name
2: in the lottery and I was like, the likelihood is like, <laughs> I probably won't get in. This is what
0: I mean by like, if you do something, you go hard. Yes. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. no like dipping your toe in the water. I didn't
2: even tell Mark. I put yeah. my name in the lottery. Yeah.
0: Because I was like, hilarious. oh, I won't get in.
2: Like, it, it's not. And you hadn't happen. even run
0: like a ma- normal marathon. Out. I
2: hadn't even run the marathon I was training for yet. Love it. Run the marathon. <laughs> That's
0: so extreme.
2: Get to the end of the marathon. It took me forever to All run right. this marathon. I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And Mark is like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I can't believe I signed up for a 62 <laughs> mile race." <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Let's let's worry about that another day." And
1: you did good. let yeah. Yeah,
2: let's go get a burger. Yeah. <laughs> so then I. Get into this lottery at Leadville and um, I tell this coach that I've hired, like, hey, I got into this race that's later in the summer in the Colorado mountains. And she's like, that's like one of the the Leadville
1: 100. Yeah. (laughs) She's
2: she's like, that's nuts." Yeah. Also, now this trail race you were training for the 62 mile race is really just a practice run. And I was like, oh, wow. okay, like this is legit. Um, Yeah so i just fell in love i think i fell in love with the training and i fell in love with um that time alone in my head to think mm-hmm. and i fell in love with in truly in these races like you experience i would say everything that you experience in entrepreneurs in being an entrepreneur
0: oh, yeah, analogy is about to come hit me with the analogy
2: you experience in a race like yeah. every high mm-hmm. and low every like Wonderful thing like you are on top of the world and at the bottom of the barrel all within this 24-hour period Mm. and And it's a
0: grind. It's a a a grind grind.
2: and it is and and you get to the finish line and it's like or sometimes you don't get to the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you have just experienced like you 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 are just so grateful for where you are in life and like what you've been through on that experience and like you take like you learn something you learn something Mm -hmm. about yourself you learn something about the world like you just take so much and like you're so introspective and like you're grateful for like really basic things like water and Mm -hmm. food and like the ability to like see and like people encouraging you that you don't know and like being able to encourage other people that you don't know and experiencing like really beautiful parts of the world that mm-hmm. you don't that you just don't typically get to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always, I always gain something from it. And I think I just really got addicted to like,
0: and you're like in, you're like all in. And That's like, very your, all in now. <laughs> it's like, like your thing. It's kind of crazy. Cause you went from being known as like Carrie the melt ice cream girl to an but you still are to like. But you're also like, at least in with you're also like Carrie who goes and runs crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> as well. I, I have
1: one hard question. Okay. Legacy. So I agree with Jamie on that one. Like Carrie, the melt, you know, ice cream connoisseur, not going to say mogul. Mogul. But, uh, ice cream, you know, whatever, you know. Um, Ultra runner like super into it i would say like you know like as far as your if you follow carrie at all on instagram or you see like posts about it you write write like it's a very well written introspective like in your heart in your head type like posts about it i think are just super good and super encouraging for anyone to read so obviously encourage you guys to go do that um but like legacy right you know, what do you want to be known for? Like in 20 years, 30 years, obviously you're an entrepreneur. You're not going to hang up the hat on anything, but like, is it going to be Carrie who started businesses or many ice cream shops who has shaped young people? Is it going to be, she's now, you know, a uh, a uh, a figure in running, racing, that type of thing—is that more of a hobby? Is that going to turn into something that's more professional? Maybe I don't know. Uh, like, what is that? What does that legacy look like for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a, you
1: might not know now. Yeah, there I mean, might I think I'm like, still figuring that out. Yeah, but yeah.
2: I, I think for right now, for me, I'm definitely not a professional runner. Yeah, it's like very cute. Yeah. Um, I do want to encourage more women in the sport of running. Yeah. Um, I just recently signed on as ambassador for an organization called Free to Run, and it is um, supporting women in conflict zones. Mm, Um, They are predominantly in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they just had to sadly pull out of Afghanistan, but it's building community within women. Um, There's not a lot of women in the ultra uh, trail running community, and um, it's such a freeing, beautiful sport that like, I want to encourage more women in that, um, in there, we are going to do some things with melt and running. Um, so I'm excited for those like worlds to collide. Um, but for melt, I really believe that, you know, I want the legacy to be that, like, we are providing this incredible experience for Mm -hmm. people, um, whether that's making a moment, a memory within our business, or that's being a part of that team that makes that experience, um, but that, that you take something, that you learn something, you know, and I hope that it's the place that, you know, parents want their 16-year-olds to work at, that they mm. want them mm-hmm. to have their first job there because they know that they're cared for and taken care of and that they learn these valuable skills and that they learn how to be a community member in a really special way.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Uh, I have one last question. All right. Least, which might turn into more questions, but... No, that's good. If you have another question, make it no, up, I'm, I'm good. If you could give your younger self some advice and you could like go back and say, do this, don't do this, or, or if you could just give, if you had a bit of advice to give like other young up and coming entrepreneurs, what, what would it be?
2: Um, it's always going to be harder than you think it's going to be. So (laughs) (laughs) just like enjoy the journey a little bit more and, um, because it goes fast and I think, yeah, yeah. It's always going to be harder than you think it's going to be. It's always going to be twice as expensive and harder. So, like, stop and then reflect and enjoy it a little bit along mm. the way and celebrate those small wins.
1: That is so good. And if you listen to this whole podcast, you got to know that. Like, yeah. you know, from the trail running to the starting of the ice cream, that's, like, that's a really good lesson. Cool. For sure.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. This is inspiring and cool and, and just, man, what a... What a neat thing that that you guys are doing and have built. It, it has made Fort Worth way more fun. Yep. And, and I, I like just personally for me, I have I have made so many just memories that I treasure with my girls. My three year old, my five year old, they freaking love melt. I love melt, but they like yep. love melt on a way. <laughs> Other level, and just you know, we walk there a lot. The one on Magnolia is close to our house. But they also, my five year old has a, a pink Barbie Jeep, and we will. She was like, Can we take the Jeep to Melt? <laughs> and it's the cutest thing. I just, it, th- th- those are memories that like I will treasure, and just seeing them the way they light up with ice cream. I, I like ice cream. I, I probably didn't eat ice cream for like five or six years when I was pre kids. But now it's like, I love it. It brings joy to our our, our family, and it's a treat, but just anyways it, it is it has given me memories. I think it's made our city more fun, more vibrant. It really is. I feel like Fort Worth's spot. I feel like you went you accomplished that kind of original goal way back in the day of of, of making a, a a truly unique local special place so Thank I'm thankful for you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you guys can follow Carrie. Instagram, is that the best place to follow you? Sure. Facebook? Is that is that a thing? Yeah, yeah I'm just I joking. Feel
2: like kids don't, aren't on Facebook. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. I would say Instagram would be a good one. Um, yeah, you can follow there. Obviously, check it out on Melt.com. Sure. Right. Yeah.
2: Melt ice creams.
1: Melt ice creams. Shoot. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have the notes here, so you got to correct me. Um, do our outro. Like, follow us. Uh, my kids, whenever they do their, like, fake YouTube videos, they're like, smash that like button. Subscribe to
0: <laughs> Yeah, wherever say? you're
1: at, smash the like smash button. Smash those like buttons. <laughs> 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 what do the kids say these days? Uh, subscribe to our thing.
0: Please and go buy it. some ice cream. Yep, from Melt. Buy us some ice cream. Yeah. Well, buy ice cream for themselves. <laughs> yeah, but if they want to drop us off, off oh, us yeah. off some ice cream.
1: That'll be good, too. That'd All be. right. Thank you, <laughs> We'll see y'all later.
0: Uh, Bye. Congratulations. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, sixthavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by Six App Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.